You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Tech fan number 125, Pioneer, the Xbox 180, and a whole lot more. Tech fan number 125. What? What? David Cohen. It's the Xbox 180. What <laughs> the heck is going on at Microsoft? Just, it's just love the fact that they, they listen to us. It's us crazy. It's crazy. Look, they got they got hammered by the press. They just hammered by the press. They come out with the Xbox One. And they put all these restrictions on it, and people lose their minds, including us. We lost our minds about it, David. Yeah, but you know what? I don't think they gave a crap about that, to be honest. I suspect it was only um, Sony's response to what they did that caused them to change their mind and effectively roll everything back, they said. Same night that Microsoft has their big unveil at the E3 conference, where all this bad news had already come out a week before. Yeah. With all the DRM and it has to check in once a day and blah 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 and so yeah, it comes and, out and, some, and kicks their ass. Yeah, some there was I think it wasn't as much that as the corporate arrogance, the, you know, uh I think it, the guy's Don Matrick, the guy who heads up the Xbox division was saying, you know, when somebody said, Well what what about military guys in the submarine who want to play Xbox? And he says, I can't empathize with people like that. Uh, and then he said, but you could always buy an Xbox 360 if you don't want an online console. Just, yeah, just <laughs> the arrogance of, yeah. ah, you don't like it? Nah, here's a turd sandwich. You can eat that. How about that? How about a turd sandwich? You, you like yeah. that? We got that for you. Just, wow, really, Microsoft? You're just going to, look, you got a great thing going with the Xbox 360. You had all this goodwill, uh, great games, by far the, the leader of this last generation of consoles you kicked sony's butt big time big time uh the wii did really well but nobody plays the damn thing everybody bought one for bowling but then it just sat there and collected dust for the most part you know i played my wii a few times but eh, it wasn't that big a deal hell the kids still play the gamecube more than they do the wii yeah and so everybody's playing the, the 360 it's a great machine and to come out with the xbox one it's a superior machine on every level. It's awesome. Um, than the Xbox 360, I should say. It's debatable whether it's better or worse than the PS4. PS4 well, uh, has more RAM, yeah. uh, faster RAM. Yeah, they're both they're both like you know high end PCs now. Mm-hmm. That's that's the way they're going. So there's not much to, to put between them in terms of um, in terms of what's running inside them. Right. So it's got to be the experience. It's got to be yeah. the games. It's got to be all the stuff that goes around the ecosystem that you build around a brand new console. And Microsoft comes out with their announcement a week before E3 and says everything wrong, everything. Yeah. And then the arrogance, like you said, David, the arrogance of this company to come out and say, well, if you don't like it, buy a 360. Wow. I read that and I was dumbfounded. Who the hell is in charge of these people at Microsoft? And who is getting fired? Well, that's the head guy, and I can't imagine he's going to be there much longer. Somebody's got to be fired for this, right? Yeah. Now they come out yesterday with a statement saying, day one when you buy your Xbox One requires an update. Yeah, it does, because you got to strip out of the DRM and all that crap out of it from day one. Wow. But at least, look... Give them some props for actually doing the right thing and realizing that they've made a complete mess and rolling it back. Oh, I give them props for that, but the damage is done. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you know, you can't, you can't take a back. It's you showed what you really wanted to do. You really wanted to screw your customers over. That's what you really wanted to do. And people have a bad taste in their mouth about the three or the uh, Xbox One. And I know everyone's calling it the 180, and I am too. I'm jumping on that bandwagon. Why? Because it's clever. <laughs> I'm jumping on that bandwagon because this was a terrible mistake. And if yeah, they and yeah. here's the thing, David. Not everything about the Xbox One was terrible. No. I love the fact that if I bought a game, right, 
and I'm playing it here, and my daughter in college also has an Xbox One, and she wants to play it. Well, she's under my family plan. Guess what? She could download the game and play it. Up to 10 family members. That was awesome. That was awesome. But, yeah, if I go buy I, a physical I think, disc, I don't need to put that disc in every time. I think, I think those things were sops they put into the thing to try and justify the DRM. And, I've, and look... Now the DRM's gone, all of those things have gone as well. That's what I'm saying. They threw, they threw the baby out with the bathwater. Come you on. Want, you have to wonder how much the games industry was behind this. Mm. Well, no, you would have thought but, that the games industry was, yeah, we want all this DRM, but they didn't get it with the Nintendo Wii. They didn't get it with Sony. Apple controls well, the DRM on that platform. Yeah, well, well I, guess, I guess the games industry was told no by Sony. And uh, they thought, well... Um, you know, we'll we'll pitch him with Xbox. They're the leader. I think I think the games industry gambled just as much as Microsoft did with this. But I, you know what? I have no uh, faith whatsoever that this rollback of this of this really boneheaded moves was done on the on the basis of consumer feedback. I think it was purely on the basis of the reception the the PlayStation Four got. If it would have been only on consumer feedback, they would have changed their minds immediately. In fact, exactly. they could have read the tea leaves. A year ago, and saw that people were worried about uh, these things. They must have focus grouped the thing. Well, I can't fo- imagine anybody in a focus group would have said, "Oh, wow, that sounds great." Focus groups are are crap, anyways. Though I mean, well, yeah, it's never it, a true representation of no, people. No, but it would have given you an idea. I can't imagine if they focus grouped it that everybody in the focus group said, "Oh, what? You, the system's completely locked down. You can't buy used games." That sounds great to me. All they had to do was send me an email on Ask Day, but I could have yeah. told them right away. Could have saved them a whole bunch of headache. Pick up the phone, call Tim Robertson. You could find my phone number. Send me an email. I've got fifty different emails. You could find it online at my Mac on Twitter. Send me a tweet. Hey, what do you think about this? It sucks. Don't do it. You'd be stupid. And the thing is, you know what this? You know what? How this has been such a gift to Sony. It's given us so much extra PR by contrasting against what Xbox were doing, and also. You know, Sony, as we've talked about before, before is a company that's not well regarded by many people anymore. Mm-mm. You know, they've been guilty a lot of this, a lot of this DRM rubbish themselves over the years. Oh, they and went through a, that whole thing where the yeah. whole PSN network went down for like a exactly. half a year. Uh, so, in a stroke, they have restored themselves to be the games <laughs> gaming console company of credibility and uh, in the in the, the games. Ga- they're the gamers' best friends now. Exactly, and, yeah. and bearing in mind that neither of these consoles is backwards compatible, there's going to be a few people who would have considered going to an Xbox One who are now going to go to a PlayStation Four. You know, there's so, an online poll from uh, USA Today. They did two of them. They did one before uh, the Xbox One Eighty announcement. And one after. And Sony was killing them. Killing them. It was like, the PS4 was like 78%. That's what people were going to buy. Now, online polls are suspect. Look, because if, you know, 10 different PS, uh, PlayStation fanboy sites link to it, well, yeah. it's going to skew it, right? Yeah. But I still I do think that that's probably pretty accurate. Because my own personal opinion, I've already said I was going to buy both consoles anyways. I've already got a Wii U. I'm a sucker when it comes to the game platforms. I'm going to buy them. I've got all of them as it is, pretty much. There's a few I'm missing from my collection, but I've got all the game consoles that matter. right? I would have bought both of them. Xbox One would not have been a day one purchase. The PS4 would have been. Yeah. It just would have been. It's, it looks like a better console. It's got faster RAM, no DRM. It doesn't have to connect online. Uh, all my... Um, there's going to be some PS3 compatibility as far as download stuff, but it's the game's going to have to be reworked because it's entirely different architecture. The PS3 is built on the G5 Mac platform, in essence. And the new one is Intel. So I, it's, it's crazy. I couldn't believe that Microsoft came out and just capitulated on everything. Oh, it's going to be like the, the 360. It's Everything's fine. Nothing to see well, here. Well, in along. fact, in some ways, it's better than the 360. The thing doesn't have region locking. Yeah, that's so true. You can buy a game anywhere. I mean, that's that's great for me. Somebody who travels to the US on a fairly regular basis. Yeah, that means if I end up with the Xbox One, I can buy the games there. They're a hell of a lot cheaper than they are here. So, are you more interested in buying the Xbox One now? Well, you know, I'm still in the same position. I still got a ton of 360 content that I've not played yet, and I'm going to work my way through that. So, I'll, I will buy an Xbox One or a PS4. Um, but it's going to come down to the um, the software that's available for it, and the and the success of the platform at the time I'm in a position to buy. Yeah. So um, 
you know, it, that for me, this what I mean, this this is basically has <coughs> has placed the Xbox One back on the table as a consideration for me. But um, you know, I, I I know a guy at work. I know it's a sample of one, but he's a hardcore gamer. This is a guy who, when the new Call of Duty game comes out, he takes vacation time off work so he can play it. Yeah, good for so, him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, you know, so at least he's, he's not going to the casinos or something. Exactly. But the thing is, so he's a big Xbox fan, and um, this had him kind of spooked. This really did, and he certainly went from being, well, he was certainly resisting ordering one on pre-order. Uh, before before he knew what it was going to be. I mean, he was expecting to have to fight himself to not pre-order it when he sure. knew what it was going to be. Once the news came out, then that was that was there was no chance he was going to pre-order it. Um, and now he's saying, well, you know, I'll wait till they, till both the the PS4 and the Xbox are out, and then I'll decide which one I want. Yeah, not there's not a lot of but, people like me who buy both. I yeah, give I, I is, give credit to that. That's I'm, is, I'm the norm, or I'm not the norm. The thing is, this is a guy who was heavily into Xbox, and now he's considering the opposition. Yeah, well. That's what, this, is, that's what, this is what that this situation has done for them, and I think it's really going to tilt things back in Sony's favor in a substantial way. Okay, so you got uh, a new uh, tablet. We're going to talk about that in a second. First, we're going to huh? take a break, and uh, I've got some uh, two tech things I want to talk about when we come back, so stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hi everyone, it's Guy from the MyMac.com podcast, and I'm here to tell you about the show. I wish Gaz was here, but apparently he's too busy, so... Hey, hold on a minute, I'm right here. What are you going on about? Well, I was about to cut a promo, but you always seem busy doing other things. Okay, now you've cheesed me off, so I'm turning you into a chipmunk. <laughs> sure, like you have the power to do that. Well, what did you just do to me? Like I said, I turned you into a chipmunk. Now be quiet while I do the promo. Why do I have a sudden craving for lettuce? The MyMac.com podcast is a fun look at all the goings-on in the Mac world. We involve the listeners in a show to talk about what's important to them and interview people who do amazing things with their Macs and iOS devices. A carrot might be nice. You can contact us via Facebook, Twitter, Skype, as well as email. I have an urge to climb trees really fast. Shh! Find us in iTunes by searching under my Mac. You'll find us and a lot of other great shows all under the Stoplight Network. Hey, I can scratch behind my ears with my foot. If you promise to be good, I'll change you back. I don't know. I'm kind of digging the fur. The MyMac.com podcast. Done by a Brit and apparently now a chipmunk. TechFan125, you guys want to send feedback, go to techfanpodcast.com and uh, send us an email there. You could comment right on the article and blah, 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 and do, 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 and you know how to do it. So, yeah. David Cohen, you got a tablet. What's going on with that? Well, are you sitting comfortably? <laughs> Let me tell you a tale of woe. No, this not is, woe. Oh, my friend, you want this an is, uplifting. This is, this is yeah, well, great you know, news. I'm going to tell you something uplifting after I told you the t- the tale of woe. Okay, because I think this is interesting because this gives an in, gives a, a view on the state of one of the bigger companies in the tech industry nowadays. Okay, so as I said on the show a couple of weeks ago, Dell were knocking out um, their version of the Windows RT tablets at substantial discounts on their outlet. Um, you know, two hundred pounds, so about three hundred, just a little less than three hundred dollars, maybe, maybe a little bit more. Um, so I ordered one. I know when I spoke to you about it, I'd already ordered one, and I was expecting to take delivery sometime a week later, maybe early the week after. On the Monday after I spoke to you about that, I checked my order online with Dell, and it'd been cancelled. Really? <laughs> Without them telling me. Well, I why would they do that? Cancel. Well, exactly. So I call them up and I say, what's going on? My order's been cancelled. And, and initially I'm thinking, oh, maybe they only had a few and they took too many orders. Sure. You know, which would have been annoying, but that kind of stuff happens, you know. So they went, oh, we, we're not really sure. Maybe your credit card wasn't good. I said, oh, I don't think that's a problem. So anyway, they, I, the guy spends 10 minutes trying to get to the bottom of it. And he comes back to me and he basically says, we had a problem with the website and all the orders made over the last few days have been cancelled. Uh-huh. But don't worry, it'll be reinstated, and then you'll get your order. So I kind of went, I said, oh, right, that's strange, but okay. And then I heard nothing for a couple of days, so I called them again. I got told the same thing, 
the guy who'd originally told me he was going to call me back, let me know what's going on with the new order number, hadn't done so. I kind of raised it with him on Twitter, and I kind of got the same sort of thing. And I, I started to get a bit annoyed at this point because, you know, I ordered Do something you not today. want my money? Exactly, yeah, exactly. And then I get a call from them that basically explains in detail that what happened is the Outlet website is, is, is run by the marketing team. And that the, when you place an order on there, it then and it amazes me that they that I have to know about all of this. But here you go. So I place my order on there, and then it exports all the orders into the main Dell ordering system where they're processed. And that interface had broken down, and it was going to take their IT team ten to fifteen working days to fix it. So I said, right. So you've got my details. Just get them to send me the tablet out. You know, process the order manually. Oh no, we can't do that. We have no contact with Dell Corporate ourselves. All we can do is email them. So I, They don't have a fax machine? They can't yes. export it as a I was, I was XML stunned. document and, and send it? What's know, going on? I tried, I tried to escalate it. I said, look, get me somebody who's you know, got authority to intervene on this. You know, this is ridiculous. Uh, as it stands at the moment, um, my order has not been cancelled. It's supposedly waiting to be regenerated when they fix this problem. But it's now been three weeks. And I so have now no they're idea. screwing up the Tech Fan Podcast, because I was looking forward to hearing... Oh, aha. Uh-huh. Uh-oh, uh-oh. you know I would not let you down. <laughs> Our <laughs> listeners are dying to know about the tablet. What's going exactly. on? In the meantime, I kind of got fed up with all of this. So I started looking around what else I could find, and I found on a classified ad site, which is kind of like um, Craigslist, mm-hmm. a guy here in Manchester who is selling a Dell Latitude 10. And the Dell Lashu 10 is effectively the same as the uh, the one I'd ordered, but instead of having the RT on it, it has a Intel dual-core Atom processor and a full version of Windows 8 on it. Ooh. It's kind of the same case. Um, now, these, are, these go for about £450, £500 here, so they're quite expensive. But this guy was selling it. it was, he said it barely used it. It was selling it for a little over 200 So I went to see him. You, and, you didn't burn uh, your fingers touching it, did you? Well, you know, the the guy had a lot of computer stuff there. He seemed to be he's either legit or he's a big time fencer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> either way. What do you but, care you know, either way? Well, so so I bought this thing from him. It's um it's it's the high end version of the tablet. It has a three G modem in it. It has a docking station that allows you to plug it on the desk and turn it into a laptop. Um, so I have this, and it's very I'm, I'm actually fairly fairly impressed with it. So I can tell you all about Windows Eight Pro on a tablet. So what do you think so far? Well, so so this thing is effectively, if you imagine turning a netbook into a tablet, yeah, that's kind of what it is. That's not, that doesn't sound too impressive so far. Well, the the Atom processors have come a long way. The thing about it is that this is this is running something that um, Intel calls Clover Trail. It's incredibly low power. This thing has a removable battery in it, but the Cloverdale Clover Trail. It's a uh, processor it's like made a- from shaky cam. <laughs> SGI. Uh, yeah, it does sound kind of like that, doesn't it? It does. But basically, it's it's a dual core Atom system on a chip, and it's really low power. And with the battery that that I have in this thing, it's a bit bigger than stock, I think, because it kind of pushes out the back. I'm getting 15 hours battery life out of this. Wow, that's pretty good. This is a computer that runs full version of Windows 8, so it runs a lot of Windows software. It, the graphics processing on it is pretty bad. In terms of, you know, if you run anything on the Windows desktop with it has graphics, it's not great. But actually within the Windows 8 interface, it's perfectly fine. Hmm. You know, uh, Windows 8 itself, the touch part of it is actually pretty good. Um, you know, it's very intuitive. The screen, even though it's lower res than an iPad, looks very clear. Um, the, the tablet is about, weighs about the same as the iPad. It's a little bit heavier. Uh, sorry, a little bit wider because it's... Um, uh, kind of a 16 by 9 display rather than a, a 4.3. Um, I have to say it's okay, but you know, it's, it is one of these things that I'm using it as a business tablet, and as a business tablet, it's very good. I've put a copy of it, doesn't come with Office on there, but I've could, put a copy of Microsoft Office on there. And the very fact that I, I used it for, I was, I was going on a trip the other day on the train, and somebody called me on the train and said, Can you make some amendments to this document? The fact that I could amend it in word on the tablet just carrying the tablet in my bag was pretty cool to be honest yeah that's pretty neat as a as a business user that was quite compelling um and actually the they've done a quite a nice job on um having the touch interface recognize what you're doing on the windows desktop you know it's it it's fairly good if you poke it with a finger 
kind of figuring out what it is you were aiming at, and most of the time it gets it right. So actually, the touch interface is probably the best version of touch I've ever used on a, on Windows, and I've tried it before. Uh, you know, Didn't Microsoft so, just come out with an iPad, iPhone. No, I think it's just iPhone. Uh, Office 360 thing, or so you they can. Did. But but basically, basically that's the Office web app turned into a an application. Yeah, yeah. So this is, it's not very functional. This what I'm doing is is got the the full version of Office in. The thing is, you know, I have a two and a half gigabyte um, mailbox from from Office 365 that we use for work. And we you know, there's we have to do an awful lot of somebody calls us about a project or a document, they'll give us a document reference. We have to go and look for that in our mail to try and find out what the latest version is that. I can't do any of that on the iPad because the iPad won't access the whole Outlook mailbox and it, it's lousy at searching. Yeah. So having the full copy of Outlook on the machine, on the tablet, is very is very useful to me. That's so cool. from from those points of view, it, it's it's brilliant. It's really good. Let's the talk down- about the important thing. Have, have you tried any games? I tried a couple of games. Um, <laughs> tried a couple, yeah, I tried a couple of Metro games. Uh, kind of, you know, Jetpack Joyride, that sort of thing. They work fine. Um, I've tried a couple of Windows desktop games. You know, games from good old games. You know, like these are old DOS games, stuff like that. They work okay, but again, the graphics processor in that machine is really very weak. Yeah kind of integrated Intel graphics and it's not great at all. So it's not really a it's not really a gaming machine. I it's fine for you know basically everything you do in Metro performs better than it does on the Windows desktop. It's obvious that Windows 8 is optimized for Metro. But that's when you start to hit some of the buffers really. Um the Windows store is terrible. You think iTunes is bad to search for stuff? Well, the Windows store is worse. Is it really? Basically you have to know the name of the program you're looking for otherwise you won't find it and when you do search for something um you search for it and it proje- pre- it presents everything as these tiny little bars no details just the name and an icon and then it presents those in a big horizontal list you have to scroll through it's really hard to find stuff in there and then when you try apps that you know work well on the ipad so I, I, I was reading a magazine. Uh, I use Zinio, the magazine reader, yep. on iPad, and on the iPad it's pretty good. On the uh, despite the fact the Windows 8 Metro version is developed by Zinio themselves, it doesn't remember if you open a magazine when you close it again. It doesn't remember where you're up to, so you had to scroll through the entire magazine again. Its performance is probably twenty, thirty percent of what the performance is on the iPad. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, the um. The format, because the uh, screen is so narrow, if you turn it on into portrait mode, doesn't work properly because the screen isn't wide enough because of the 16-9 uh, design decision. The, the app has bookmarks in it that um, don't work. And also, to tell whether you've downloaded a magazine for offline reading, you have to basically try and delete it and see if it offers you an option to delete it. That's the only way you know whether the, the content is local or whether it's stored in the cloud. So all of those things kind of make you think, who... You know, you have an application that works on the iPad. Why did you not just replicate it here? And a lot of the Windows 8 apps, the Metro apps, come across like that. They're kind of functional, but really the fit and finish isn't quite right. It's not as good. You know, for example, the, um, the I, I use Pocket, an offline uh, reading client, or, or, again on the iPad. All right. They're, they have a they, there's a third party client for Windows 8. They haven't written their own one. The third party one will only load 50 articles at a time. Hmm. For some arbitrary reason. Yeah, that's that, weird. And then once once it loads those, you then have to select each one individually for ones you actually want to store offline. Ugh. Where, you know, I mean, it's not... <laughs> why would you store it in a service if you weren't going to read it offline? Yep. Because you would just store the links otherwise in a browser and just, uh, you know... So uh, that's it. The only, thing that, the only thing I would say is the Windows 8 Metro browser is probably superior to the one on the iPad to Safari. Well, we'll see how Safari is with iOS 7. Yeah, um, but, but it's certainly compared to iOS 6. I mean, even my, I use my wife as a litmus test for this because, you know, she's not interested in what's going on underneath. She just kind of looks at it. And, and her initial reaction, she saw the Windows 8 tablet last night, was, oh, that, you know, the screen looks very clear. I can see what I'm doing. And the browsing works like it does on my computer, not on my iPad. She felt that the browser actually presented the web as as the web should be, rather than as a kind of a, you know, not quite working properly way that the iOS six does. 
Well, we'll so, see how iOS 7 does, and I can give you yeah. a little bit of an update on that in a second, if you like. Yeah. Okay, so, I mean, in summary, what I would say is, uh, and, and, and obviously I'm presuming that an RT tablet, apart from the fact you can't run the Windows apps, is going to be broadly similar to what I'm talking about here. Yeah. My, my takeaway from this is that at the price I paid, the things are steel. At 400 500 Maybe literally. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe. But at, at the prices that they charge at retail, the things are way overpriced because yeah. they're just not as good as Apple's offerings. Mm-hmm. But I think, you know, if they could knock RT tablets out at $200, I think they could really make a dent in the market. Yep. I think they could. You know, at, at 300 bucks, I'd probably pick one up. Yeah. I really would. And if people are thinking, yeah, you're an Apple guy. No, I'm a tech guy. Yeah, exactly. And I, I'm, I am literally using this this Dell tablet as my work tablet now. My iPad stays at home, but when I'm I'm working, that that's the one I'm carrying with me. Um, what I would also say is, uh, Dell, you, you're supposed to sell selling stuff online is meant to be your core business. If you can't get that right, that's pretty poor. That's yeah. That's um. It's kind of unexcusable. I mean, come on. Someone's going to order something online, and you're just going to give them a whole bunch of excuses why the order hasn't processed. Come on. Yeah, that's no. Nah, you can't do that. You lose customers. They don't come back. What they should have done, to be honest, because bear in mind the outlet price I was paying for a used one is only about thirty pounds less than what they're charging for the base new one. What they should have done is just sent out new ones and said to people, "Sorry." So you know, not, not tell me it's going to be fifteen days till our IT guys right. get sort out. <laughs> that's, yeah, sorry, we can't help you. We got you know, yeah, Chuck down problems. there in IT in the basement's working on it. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> That's helpful. You're going to cancel that order, or are you going to let them ship it? Yeah, then... no, I'm going to cancel it, because I, I, at this point, I don't really feel inclined to give them my money. No, uh, I would I'd cancel <laughs> you know, it a heartbeat. And, and obviously, I've gone out and bought something else. I don't need two of the things. As so. much as they screwed up, you'll probably cancel it, and they'll ship it to you, and then not charge you. Well, if that happens, then fine. But um, <laughs> You've got a friend interested. in the U.S. that could use it. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, instead of taking another break here... I'm going to do an in-ad commercial for the Stoplight Network. Uh, this podcast is part of the Stoplight Network. I said uh, last week or the week before that we've d- redesigned the website. So if you go to stoplightnetwork.com, you get a nice running list updated uh, almost every day of all the podcasts that we produce in the network. And there's a lot of them, David. We've got a lot of yep. podcasts now. Uh, a couple of them uh, have been around for a long time, like, oh, I don't know, this one. We've been here uh, oh, quite a long time. <laughs> yeah. uh, MyMac.com, their podcast is part of the network as well. So you can subscribe to the Stoplight Network, and you can literally hear every show in the network coming right down to your iPhone or iPod or however you listen to podcasts. Uh, and I do want to talk about that in a way in a few minutes as well, Dave, because I changed the way I'm listening to podcasts. Uh-huh. So some of the new shows uh, that's been around for a little, you know, short amount of time so far, we do have the International Film Club podcast. Now, Mark Greentree, David, has gone podcast crazy. He certainly has. He's a busy boy. He has uh, quite a few shows now. I don't know how he finds the time to make all these shows, but he does a great job in each one. And if you are a fan of Mark's shows, of course, he started with Not Another Mac Podcast. He's been on Tech Fan before. He's been on the My Mac Podcast before. But he's got a, a slew of new shows, including an older show uh, besides Not Another Mac Podcast. He's still doing Geekiest Show Ever, our old gig. He's also got, like I said, International Film Club Podcast. He's up to episode 12 as we record this. And they're talking about Star Trek, the 2009 film. One of my favorites. I love that show. Geekiest Show Ever is still out there. The MyMac Podcast, like I said. One that you guys might not have heard. It's called Bard on the Plains Podcast. Um, it's a stories podcast, so it's not tech-related. It's, it's, it's different. And I think you guys will dig it. It's usually less than a half hour. And it's, like I said, it's stories-related. One of these days, I've got a couple stories that I wouldn't mind sharing on that podcast myself, David. Maybe you do, too. We yeah. could uh, send in submissions and, and have it played there. Uh, three Geeky Ladies, you know, I think there's a there's a, a huge vacuum in technology when it comes to women. We need more women in podcasting. We need more women writing apps. We need more women writing articles. We need more women involved in technology. It just has to happen. 
we need that perspective. Maybe the Xbox 180 wouldn't have happened if they had had a woman in charge there. What do you think? I don't know. It's hard to say, but, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, women rule the world. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. How, how could you say you think? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's kind of a, a given. The Nintendo Club podcast, that's another one from uh, Mark Greentree. If you listen to episode number four, um, almost half the show is a reply to feedback I sent them. So intriguing. Hmm. And there's a new show. It's not listed up on the site yet because I haven't got around to it. It's called The Mac Guest. They just joined the network. Um, Their first show that they released under the network, I think, came out Friday. And I had a couple issues of getting it in the network feed. It's in the feed now in iTunes, but I still have to add it to the Stoplight Network website. So... And that's a brand new show. It's really cool. It's a Mac show for those who didn't know what the Mac guest was referring to. And um, you can never have enough podcasts to listen to, David. I love podcasts. Yeah. And speaking of podcasts, I've changed. You know, I I stuck with the iTunes as long as I could. Mm-hmm. And then I stuck with the Apple's podcasting app as, as long as I could. And I couldn't mm-hmm. take it no more. I'm surprised you stuck with it this long. I stuck with it for about five minutes. <laughs> I'm using Downcast now. Yeah, I, in fact, I uh, recently changed from Downcast to Instacast. Um, you like it better? Because, well, it's the re- only reason I changed was um, uh, Instacast has a Mac version as well, and uh, it syncs it syncs between them. Well, see, I uh, never listen to podcasts on my machine. On yeah, my Macs. I, I don't listen to them that often, but sometimes if I'm working late in the office, it's convenient to me to have them running out of the PC. And that's the Mac. that's why that's the only reason why I stuck with iTunes as long as I did. Yeah, that's the only reason. Yeah. But um, I really like Downcast. Downcast is a fabulous piece of software. I mean, they've the guy who does that has worked really, really hard. He's, you know, there's been a lot of stuff in, in the tech press over the last few months about how hard it is to use iCloud for syncing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I kind of, I first got Downcast when he, uh, when he first got on that train. And so I shared a lot of his pain in terms of him trying to fix it and get it working. working but he's really, right he's really got it down now. And, um, yeah, it's a very, very, it's, it's a bit more fully featured than some of the apps, uh, than some of the other apps you can buy. Yep. Um, it is, it, it is a very, very nice piece of work. It allows you to download it or you can stream a show if you want. Yeah. It will only download on a Wi-Fi network. Yeah, um, but if you're not on a Wi-Fi network, you could stream it. It's the best, pretty cool. The best feature it's got, and this is something that Instacast doesn't do, um, is you can assign priorities to your podcast. You create playlists and then assign priorities to different ones, so that, say, you listen to one that is a daily news show, and then you have others that that effectively aren't time critical. You know, like um, like this Geeky one, show ever, or, or, or this one exactly. Then what you can do is you can assign a, a high priority to the daily news show, so that when it fills the playlist automatically, it will always put those ones at the top. So you'll always listen to those first before you listen to the older shows. And it, that basically means you can have one playlist that has everything you want to listen to in, and it's always populated with the right stuff in the right order. Uh, and it's very very cool. Yep, I like it a lot. Um, it's a free app, I think, isn't it? Or it's ninety nine cent. It's not. It, and I, I think it's charged, but it wasn't terribly expensive. Yeah, it was. It was know. dirt cheap. By the way, if you heard uh, the audio quality changed a little bit, I just turned on an overhead fan. I was starting to sweat, and so uh, I'm going to put up with the sound a little bit because I was getting too hot, David. Fair enough. Too hot. I'm too hot. Um, so yeah, check out the Stoplight Network, and if you are into podcasts and you obviously are because you're listening to this one right now check out downcast i really like it i'll put a note uh or a link in the show notes look for episode number 125 at com or stoplightnetwork.com and you'll find a link to everything we're talking about if, if it's you are worthy yeah if you are stuck with itunes i used to do crazy stuff when i when i use itunes for downloading like i would take a copy of my entire iTunes library on an external drive yeah. so that I could plug it into a computer when I was traveling and continue to update my podcast to my iPhone. You're hardcore, David. <laughs> exactly. Because I didn't want to miss anything, you know. I know um, exactly what you mean. Once once you put it on the once you put it on an iOS device, you kind of see the light and you think, why and did I ever do it any different way? 
I like it a lot. I'm going to stick with it until it doesn't work anymore. There's something better, but whatever comes out that's better better be really, really good. So, David, uh, two pieces of tech that I want to talk about today. About three weeks ago, uh, I got a new car stereo. Cool. And, uh, you know, 2005 Honda Accord, not the greatest car in the world, but damn, it's dependable, and it keeps going down the road. I keep changing the oil in it, so keeps running, but it didn't have a CD player, didn't have an aux input, it had a cassette deck. So for the last, I don't know, three, four years, I've had one of those cassette, de- cassette deck adapters that you plug the cassette deck in, a wire comes out of the cassette and plugs into yeah. your iPhone or your iPod. It worked, but it didn't sound the greatest. And if I really wanted to rock out and turn up my music, that's when the deficiencies of that system really kind of shine through. Uh-huh. But the tape deck itself was really starting to wear out. I've gone through a couple of, oh, maybe three cassette adapters so far. Right. And it started acting really buggy, so I bought another one, and uh, it was still acting buggy. So I thought, maybe I bought a bad one, took that one back to the store, got another one. Nope, same thing. The cassette deck is dying. So I went out and bought a Pioneer. And it has, you know, it's a CD player, but it also has the USB and the aux input. Uh-huh. Uh, my car required a little bit different of a uh, dash kit. If yeah. I would have removed the original radio, it's in the same dash part as all my environmental controls. That dash kit is like 300 bucks, Or I could spend like 100 bucks for a dash kit, and it literally mounts it underneath the current radio. Uh-huh. What do I care? I don't care if there's two radios in it. Only one works anyways, so psh, who cares? Yeah. So I installed it that way. I have to be honest with you. I'm really, really impressed with it. Um, I was kind of looking around. I was going to tell you what the model number is. It's not a super expensive one or anything either. I mean, I spent like 100 bucks for it, 129 bucks. The Pioneer has, has been, always been, from from what I mem- remember when I used to work in kind of stereo stores and everything, always very well regarded for car stereos. Yeah, I haven't owned a Pioneer anything in, oh, God, I, I couldn't even tell you how long it's been. Yeah. So I didn't really know what to expect, to be honest, and uh, I'm not finding this. I had the manual sitting right here because I wanted to read it so I can learn how to use it, and the manual is terrible. I didn't learn anything. I mean, they show you this is this function. Yeah, okay, so how? Do, what does that do? Well, it doesn't explain. It's like, <laughs> this is this is crap. This is a terrible... Well, if, if, if you need to know what the function is, you failed. True. I even <laughs> looked on uh, online some videos maybe there's some videos about it and there was but none of them were you know super informative and most of them were this is how i installed it yeah thanks skippy i want to know how to use the damn thing because it it also supports the oh what do you call it that radio app the uh uh, uh why am i drawing a blank on this pandora Spotify? pandora right yeah so as i'm going through my different inputs say if i'm on bluetooth and i want to go back to you know the aux input or the usb well, the Pandora is right there. So every time I go past Pandora, even for a split second, my iPhone, which is plugged in, pops up. The Pioneer wants to use the Pandora. Do you want to allow this? I'm like, ugh, it's such a pain. I click no. I've clicked yeah. yes before, and they say, oh, you could control it through your deck. Why would you want to? Why would you want to control Pandora through your car stereo when you have a touch screen right there? Yeah, I, well, I get maybe maybe they feel that their um, kind of knob-like interface is more um, appropriate while you're driving than touching it at touchscreen. I don't uh, know. They're crazy. But, uh, you know, I, I also got it because I wanted hands-free calling. And now I know that there's a lot of hands-free third-party, you know, car stereos that do it, but they get kind of a bad rap. They don't sound all that great. I got to be honest with you. This one sounds great. I, yeah. I can hear really well. Everyone says they can hear me. Now, the installers put this little microphone right up above my visor. So uh-huh. it's, and it's pointing right where I'm sitting. Yeah. But I've had the kids in the back seat talking to Julie over this thing, and she heard them just fine, even at almost a whisper. I, I think the key thing is that clearly you found somebody who knew what they were doing with installing it, as well as having yep. find a good deck itself. It's called you Dashworks know? in Kalamazoo, Michigan. I'll give them yeah. props. And they didn't charge me a whole lot to install it either. Yeah. Which again, I appreciate that. All told, I mean, I spent maybe two twenty-five tops, and that was out the door, installed everything. Very good. Which I think is a fantastic price. Yeah. The audio quality is just, it's it's superb. 
especially compared to running it through a cassette deck. I can finally listen to my music really rocking out and not getting the distortion and you know. And is that is that connecting using a cable to your uh, phone or via Bluetooth? Oh, both. Right. Now, <laughs> here's the funny thing. I my old van, I had a I think it was a JVC and it was okay and it had an aux input only, right? Yeah. So I still had to plug in my iPhone to a cigarette lighter adapter. Yeah. And then from the headphone jack out to the car stereo. Yeah. I was I, I was thinking I was going to have to do that again. I wasn't even thinking that this has USB. Mm. And so I go from the USB directly to my phone. That's it. That's all I have to plug in. So it charges your phone. It charges it the phone. And, and it yes. takes the music down that way. Yep. Yeah. And I've got a little holder on my dash for my iPhone. It works great. I want to find a black USB cord because the white one looks way out of place. So I'm get, happy with uh, it. Get get you can get those from Mono Price now for yeah. for much money. Five bucks on eBay. Yeah. Um, no, one of the things I wanted to try. Don't eBay ones. No, well, that's eBay true. ones are from China and they're pretty bad. Well, they're all from China. I'm sorry to tell you, David. No, no, but the ones on eBay are the the rejects from China. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I uh, I also tried the Bluetooth audio, and I'm used to Bluetooth audio from you know when Bluetooth first came out. And it wasn't very good. It was a step up from FM transmitter, but it wasn't even close to a direct connect. Yeah. So I, I didn't, I, you know, I'll try it, but why would I ever use Bluetooth audio if I'm plugging into it anyways? But still, I wanted to try it. Man, it sounded just as good as plugging it in, David. It sounded that, fantastic. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. My wife's new car has Bluetooth in there, and... Um, it you know it sounds very good. My previous car had Bluetooth, and I, I never used a direct cable connection. I always use that for my audio, and it was always great. Um, my current car doesn't have Bluetooth on it, so I've got a a little Bluetooth dongle that's plugged into the three and a half mil aux jack. Yeah, and I'm connected to that. That's not quite as good as an in-car system. It's still pretty good, um, and the dongle was like seven or eight quid. It was cheap. Yeah. Um, you know, the only downside of that is it has a tiny little battery in it, so you have to charge it every few days. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's if you're not doing a long journey, um, it's very convenient just to be able to get in the car uh, and not have to connect anything. And what's neat about the Bluetooth audio, at least with the iPhone, I can't speak to the Android device because I don't have one. If anybody out there has one that they want to uh, give me so I can test, I you know, send me an email, tim at techfanpodcast.com. I'll give you my address. You can send it to me. Um yeah, I don't have any Android devices right now, David. I just kind of dawned on me that I don't. Anyways, I like the fact that I'm listening to music via Bluetooth. My phone's in my pocket. I turn off the car. The iPhone pauses the music because that Bluetooth source disappeared. Yeah. I get back in the car a few minutes later, turn it back on. The iPhone says, oh, look, there's that Bluetooth receiver again and starts playing right where it left off. Exactly. That's yeah. pretty awesome. That's pretty cool. I like that a lot. And, of course, I'm either listening to the music app or I'm listening to podcasts. And uh, it, they both sound great. And no problems at all using any audio on my phone. It will stream it right to Bluetooth, including, of course, Downcast, because that's what I'm using for podcasts. Yeah. Very impressed with it. I, I really like the deck. If you're stuck with a factory you know, radio, think about upgrading it. I mean, seriously, 200, less than 250 bucks, which isn't a lot of money. And, and the experience is just far superior. And the other thing as well that you, you may not have come across yet is if you use the, either the maps application built into your phone for navigation or alternatively, you use a third party one like a TomTom, yep. then that will overlay the directions, the spoken directions, through the audio on the, over the Bluetooth or the cable connection. Yep. You can configure it to either stop the music, pause the music, and, and say it, or kind of just duck it down and then say it over the top. So that means you get really clear, loud audio directions for your navigation as well through your stereo, yeah, which awesome. is much, much better than. You know the thing, the speakers on your phone or your sat now trying mm-hmm. to compete with the road noise and the, you know, all yeah, that no, sort of thing. There's no comparison. Yeah. Um, lastly, David, you weren't here for the whole show, and Owen Rubin. I, by the way, I texted him this morning to see if he wanted to be on the show. He hasn't replied, which meant he didn't wake up. Yeah. Um, and I liked I liked having Owen on the show. I hope he comes back again soon. I know it's sure. early for him, but. Come on, Owen, what's a couple hours of sleep and then you get to be on a podcast? Come on. Um, 
we talked about iOS 7, and I was looking forward to getting your opinions on you know, WWDC and what they showed as far as uh, iOS 7. I don't know if you've had a chance to play with it yet or not, whether you have a developer's account. I but, don't. But what happened with me is I do have a developer's account, but the only phone that I have that could run it is my everyday phone. And there's no way in hell I'm putting beta software on my everyday phone. I know a lot of people did that, but I'm no, I'm not doing that. To me, that not that crazy? Yeah. I'm going to put beta software on my phone? Mm-mm. So what happened was um, we lost one of our people at work, and he had a company phone. He had an iPhone 5. Unbeknownst to me, he went and put iOS 7 on it, the beta. <laughs> the problem is when you install the beta on your phone, on an iPhone, you can't go back. You can't restore it to iOS 6. You're stuck at iOS 7 now. And Apple gives you clear warnings. This is a company phone that he used for business that he put a beta operating system on, which really kind of irks me. This isn't his property. Yeah. So he left the company, and uh, I'm having all his phone calls routed to my phone, right? So now I have this iPhone 5 that was obsessively his phone with iOS 7 on it, so I took it home with me. Um, And I've been playing with it. I signed in my account. Uh, I signed in with, my, you know, I, I erased the device and started over, but of course it's still iOS 7. Um, so I've been using iOS 7 since yesterday morning on an iPhone 5. And I uh, found it. You know what? I like it. I like it a lot. It makes my iOS 6 seem kind of clunky. It seems a yeah. little. <sighs> Less elegant. Let's put it that way. I, I really do like it. Um, probably my favorite feature, to be honest, is the swipe up from the bottom for the controls. Yeah. Because all the stuff that I want to get to quickly, which is, you know, I could turn on airplane mode, swipe up, push a button. Swipe up, I could change the volume. Swipe up, I could change the brightness. Swipe up, I could turn on and off Bluetooth or Wi-Fi. Those are things that I want quick access to, or the camera. That's what I want quick access to, and that's what this gives me, and it works fantastic. It really does. Um, but I'll be honest with you, it feels a little Android-ish. Yeah, I can I can see that. Um, um, my well, let me take that back. No, that is not my favorite feature. The multitasking, which they lifted directly from uh, HP, or more appropriately, Palm and WebOS. That when you double-click the home button now, you get, you know, um, what do you call these things? Tab, or uh, I can't think of the name of these. What do you call them, David? The uh, cards, the, I guess. The cards, yeah. Yeah. And you just swipe the card up, and it's gone. It's quit. And it does display the little icon of the app right below the card itself. That's pretty cool. I like that a lot. You know what I haven't tried? I haven't tried... um, Oh, that does look cool. In Safari, it kind of does the same thing, so you can kind of scroll through the cards that way in a 3D look. That looks pretty cool. I just tried that, and that looks cool. Um, I guess I had to go to a different website, so it looks different. I've got the same website up. (laughs) Both (laughs) cards. So that didn't really work well. No, it works great. Uh, I do like Safari on the phone. Um, Everything is very responsive. Now, I don't know if that's a case because of the iphone 5 that i'm using and i'm used to an iphone 4 or ios 7 is just really optimized for the new hardware it's just it's silky smooth it's nice there are some apps that as i said i signed in with my account so i can download any app that i want to this uh, my navigation program of choice navigon does not work at all yeah. it crashes every single time but tom tom works perfectly and, oh, look at that. Big words works fine, too. <laughs> um, yeah, but the, I, I would imagine for, um, at the moment, until apps get updated, there's a kind of a discontinuity between the visuals of your apps versus yes. the operating system because they all look like the old. They the and, old and I wanted to get oh, kind yeah. of a, a sense of what they could really start going towards with the new iOS. So I downloaded 
um, Yahoo's Mail, or no, Yahoo's Weather. It's just called, yeah, Yahoo Weather. It's a beautiful app. It actually won an Apple Design Award this year. And I don't know if you've ever used it, but it's a gorgeous app. And it's just a a simple weather app. But it it feels like it should be the weather app for iOS 7. It really does. And you know what? I say that, but I've never tried iOS 7's app. Uh, Once I use my current location, okay. Yeah, no, the, the one from Yahoo is better. Now, the Apple's built-in one actually gives you a lot more information, which I like that, too. Let me see what... Uh, I'm going to go back to the Yahoo one and see if I can get more information. So, yep, I get the same information in the Yahoo. I just have to click to bring up the forecast and the five-day and all that stuff. Um, oh, and I scroll down, and I've got maps. I've got wind speed. It shows a little turbine turning for wind speed. It shows sun and moon where it's at. Oh, it's awesome. Cool. Uh, I really like this app a lot. Uh, unfortunately, uh, see, the neat thing about it is it actually uses Flickr photos from that location to put as the background for that city that you're looking at. Uh-huh. And as you scroll up, the city itself, that picture, kind of blurs a little bit. So you can't see the photo. You're seeing the contact, uh, content information that you need. So New York, it shows a picture of New York. Um, San Francisco shows the Bay Bridge. Battle Creek, Michigan, it shows blue sky. <laughs> <laughs> so there's no photos on Flickr that it's associating with Battle Creek, Michigan. That's okay. Great app, by the way. Um, so that's my very brief stuff that Apple's already shown, so I'm not breaking any NDAs Yeah. because I am a registered developer. That's all stuff that Apple showed on stage, so I'm not, you know, I'm not speaking out of turn, but... I'll be honest with you, so far iOS 7 seems pretty spiffy. I'm looking forward to getting it. I really am. Very, very cool. So what were your thoughts? You saw the keynote, I take it. Yeah, I did. I mean, I I couldn't understand the fuss that was generated over the way it looks. Everyone's been saying it's looking old and tired for, for ages, and now they've updated it, and they go, oh, we don't like how it looks now. Well, you're not going to please um, everybody. I mean. Yeah. Um, I... I agree with you. Having used an Android device, it does have echoes of Android. Um, and I have cards. no problem with that, by the way. No, I don't either, because let's face it, the, the whole concept of Android basically stole from the original iPhone anyway. Right. So why not take some of the best things back? Uh, as well, I, I've also been very frustrated by the um, inability to get into settings without clicking through loads and loads of different uh, apps and, and screens. Mm-hmm. There used to be a way of getting straight to things like Bluetooth and Wi-Fi by just uh, having a, a Safari shortcut link that went straight there, but they, they took that out, um, I think, when iOS 6 came out. So uh, the fact that the, there's a, a, an interface for doing that now, I think, will be something that's great for me. I'm kind of interested in, in what they're doing with the notification center because I use that quite a lot. So I'm interested to see how that's been improved um, um i don't really have any notifications going right now so i couldn't yeah. really say um so yeah i mean look it's it's a obviously it's it's quite a big improvement to what we have now and it runs on most of the recent hardware for free so what's not to like i tell you um i'm, I'm looking at it again you, here's one thing i don't like and they kind of you know the i uh, the um facebook phone and the facebook app how they use the little round pictures of people now yeah they do that in contacts on the iphone or ios 7 right don't really like that i'm looking at like a picture of guy searle on his contact and it's just a little round picture of him i kind of liked it better the other way yeah but yeah it's it's a small little quibble and look this is version one of ios 7 of the new look it's going to be refined as time goes on just like ios one through six was it just yeah. will be this is this is the first iteration of this and let's be honest they've had about seven months to build this interface you know when scott yeah, foresaw yeah. left that was seven months ago and that's when johnny eyes became the head you know designer for the operating system and a lot of things were going to change i mean apple even kind of made fun of themselves oh we ran out of green felt or you know no cows were killed in the making of our operating system leather look you know they kind of made fun of themselves and i didn't really like that myself it it seemed kind of petty it seemed like people at the company who didn't like scott foresaw kind of 
poking fun uh, at him. And also as well, you know, that stuff was good enough to peddle to us for a while. So, uh, you know, maybe you shouldn't be too funny about saying it was rubbish, <laughs> you know. Especially that because that's what we have for the next exactly. at least three yeah. or four months. Let's not make fun of ourselves here too much, guys. Yeah. I didn't I didn't like that. I found it a little crass. I laughed at the time, but then I thought about it and I was like, hey. Um, yeah, and, and to write Scott Forrestal up, who basically brought us what we've had for five years mm-hmm. to write him off because he might have had a penchant for a little bit of skeuomorphism is um is to belittle his overall achievement which is to I guide totally the iphone agree. to where it is you know totally agree i mean yeah. it didn't get here in a vacuum yeah let's not forget that uh but i like it david i think it's uh i think it's the right direction i think that uh I, i'm really looking forward to running it full time on my everyday both iPhone. I'd really like to see what they're going to do with the iPad version. I was just about to say that. Yeah, because I'm, I'm, it's just you know, scaling it up thing, is not the right way to go. The, yeah, the next thing for me is see how the iPad looks with yeah. that. Because so. I use my iPad, well, probably not as much as my phone. I use my phone all the time, but I use my phone as a phone most of the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everything else I pretty much do on my iPad. Um. I look forward to it. I want to see how it works on the iPad, what it looks like. I don't think it's going to... They, they're going to have to change some things because I just don't think it'll translate well to a 10-inch or a whatever screen tablet. Yeah. So I look forward to it. And, and to me, it was very telling that they didn't show anything on an iPad yet. Yeah, it means it's not done. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which also tells me, though, that it's not just a scaled-up version of what you're getting on the iPhone. No, uh, and but I th- I think that level of attention to detail is is kind of what we expect from Apple. That's what sets them apart from the rest of the tech yeah. industry. Let's be honest. They're the ones that, for the most part, innovate. And other companies take their innovation and try to make it their own. That's all Android is. That's all... Well, let's not say that about Windows, though. I mean, what they're doing on mobile is is a lot different. It, it certainly is. Um, you know, and uh, I think the jury's still out on Windows 8. Mm-hmm. Um, not in, certainly in terms of markets. Um, I find it interesting that, uh, you know, that Microsoft are making noises about, uh, you know, discounting the RT tablets substantially, the Surface RT. Right. Uh, there's an education offer coming out where they're going to be offered to uh, schools for about and, uh, $200. Um, and even here in the UK, they're doing that as well for about £130, £140, which is a you know a massive discount. And the rumours I've heard is that um, apparently they made far too many, expecting it to be more successful, and now they're stuck with a big chunk of inventory. Right. So, um, you know, that, that, that definitely is... Um, is an interesting one, and and you know what? My experience with with this Intel Atom tablet is, to me, it makes the if it, if it was cheaper, it would make the Surface tablet, uh, the Surface RT tablet irrelevant. Why would you want to run it on ARM when you can run it on an Intel chip to get the same battery performance? That's so, the thing. Uh, Speaking uh, of no, battery performances, I've been hearing about the new Airs. They're they're actually lasting longer than Apple even says they are. Yeah, and this is causing me a real problem now because uh, <laughs> well, last week said, you said that you were you were seriously considering getting the new one simply because you can get a true all-day computer off of yeah. battery. But I'm thinking to myself, it's probably going to be spend most of the time sat at my desk. Yeah, in which case it's plugged you know, in. It's plugged in. So do I really need that? So I am in a bit of a quandary, really. I would I say hold to, off for now. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm that's kind of where I'm. I'm thinking I could make. You just with you just bought a new tablet, David. Although, yeah, the one I have is not. You know, my MacBook Air is not a bad machine by any stretch of imagination. Oh no, it's great machine. Um, and in terms of how it feels, it still outperforms my Mac Minis hugely because of the SSD. So I'm thinking maybe stick with that and then see if the next year's refresh has the same battery performance, but perhaps a Retina display as well. well you know, I'm not. I used to be. I have to be first in line. I have to get the newest, greatest thing. Uh, in some respects, I still am like that, especially with games, uh, game consoles and stuff. You know, I have a PS uh, Vita. I don't have any of the... Well, I've got the older DSs, uh, and then I don't really care about the bigger one. Okay. Uh, but I do have a Wii U. I will get a an Xbox 180. <laughs> I'm sticking with it. Um, I will get a PS4. But, you know, my Mac is three years old, and I don't... Well, my iMac, I should say, is three years old. And I don't feel a real need to replace it anytime soon. The yeah. screen is great. Uh, it is. I get a, quite a few beach balls, so I am thinking about pulling out the optical drive and sticking an SSD in there. Yeah. 
that would make a huge, huge difference on this machine, and I, I really want to do that. Right now, it's it's going to cost me around 350 bucks to do it the way I want to do it, and I can't justify spending that much money right now on that machine. Yeah. And my laptop is last year's 15-inch MacBook Pro, no SSD. That's another one I'm thinking, eh, you know, SSD in there would be good. Yeah. Um, but for the well, most actually, part... Those, those machines, it's fairly easy to put an SSD in, it isn't is. it? It is, yes, you Take it is. them off and do it, so... Yeah. That's that probably might be something that's worth doing if you want to get some extra life out of it. But yeah, no, I, I hear you, um, and I, I, I'm also conscious that round about the time I'm next in the states, uh, I'm hoping that the iPad Mini will be refreshed as well. So Retina maybe display. I should. That's what everyone's yeah, talking. Yeah, maybe sh- maybe I should be focused on that really rather yeah. than the uh, the air. You know, everyone likes the iPad Minis. I like them a lot too. Um, but I. I I really like my 10-inch. I, I can't see you replacing my 10-inch anytime soon. Oh, yeah. here. I got another tech story before we wrap up, David. You'll okay. like this one. Uh, old friend of mine, um, I guess I, to be more accurate, old girlfriend, but that was you know 25 years ago. Who cares anymore? I'm friends with her on Facebook. She's a nice person. Yeah. And I saw her at this Girls on the Run event, and I was talking to her a little bit, and um, she was asking about what I do now, and I was explaining about Mac Specialist, and my mac and the tech fan podcast and it sounds much more impressive than it really is when you're talking to someone yeah so anyways uh she sends me a, a message on facebook that her parents ipad somehow got a password on it and they can't get into it so i send her instructions on how to reset it and it's just not going well mm-hmm. finally i i say i i'd be happy to go out there and fix it for them mm-hmm. so she sends me her parents phone number and address i call them set up a time i go out there Comcast was down. They had gone to Comcast. Something happened. They turned off their modem. I got the modem reactivated for them. I got the un- the iPad uh, unlocked, uh, but I had to you know restore it. And uh, so the iPad's working great. They're using an HP something. I don't know what is this thing here. It's a uh, it's an HP big old black box, right? The hard drive in the one he bought last year had died, and the people at either Staples or Best Buy or one of the big box retailers, tell him it's going to cost more to fix the hard drive in this thing than just to buy a new one. So that's what he does. He buys a new one. Right. But all my pictures and stuff is on the old one. So they try to retrieve the pictures. They get maybe 50 pictures, and they say, yeah, that's it. That's all we're going to be able to get. So he takes his old computer and his new one home. He plugs a new one in, and there's the sits the old one for six months. And he doesn't want to get rid of it because all his pictures are on there. Yeah. So I'm there fixing all this other stuff, and he asks me, hey, could you take this with you and see if you can get pictures off of this thing? And I explained to him, I don't really work on PCs. I you know, I prefer yeah. not to, but, uh, you know, I'm there, and okay, I'll, I'll give it a shot. And I got a plan in mind what I can try, which is I open up this HP uh, desktop, I pull out the SATA drive. I pop it into my uh, Voyager, which looks kind of like, if, if you don't know what this is, it looks like a little toaster. You put a bare hard drive in on top of it, slides down, mounts on your desktop. I do that. Uh, so far, I've spent two minutes taking this hard drive out, putting in my Voyager. And yeah. guess what shows up on my Mac desktop <laughs> immediately? There's the hard drive. Yeah. I don't hear any noise coming from it. It's not, doesn't seem to be hitting any bad sectors. I basically copy everything off the hard drive. It's 20 gigs of pictures, 5 gigs of music, uh, and maybe a half a gig of stuff in his documents folder. Right? I throw all of those things on a flash drive. I actually bought two 32-gig flash drives for 20 bucks each. I put all of his stuff on two flash drives. They all fit on one, but I give, this way I give them backup. Yeah. And I'm done. The thing that took the longest is transferring it to the flash drive. Yeah. Other than that, I was done within 10 minutes. I had all his stuff. What the hell are they doing at Staples? Well, what they're doing is trying to sell him something new and not even bothering to actually fix the problem that he came in to have fixed. That's disingenuous. That's BS. I'm pissed off. I'm happy to help someone in this situation, but it kind of shows me what goes on out there, you know? At Mac Specialist, we don't do this kind of crap. If I can't retrieve yeah. something, I give them options. Look, this hard drive is in really bad. If you save it, to, if you send it to Drive Savers, if it's this important, they're going to charge you like two grand. But they're going to take the platters apart in a clean room. 
they will be able to get almost everything off your hard drive. It's just going to cost you a lot of money, and it's something I can't do here. Or we actually do the work. We get, you know, we retrieve everything. But we don't, well, we can't really fix this. Uh, We're going to sell you a new machine. That we don't ever do that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to wonder whether it's. I mean, obviously, they lied to the customer because they said, oh, we can't do it. Right. right. Well, they should have said, we won't do it. I mean, you have to wonder whether the. The man hours required to do that, they they overestimate them and they think that, that maybe it's just not worth saying to the customer, well, we can do it for $300, but that's because that's how long it's going to take us to do it. took and me 15 minutes to no. copy everything from uh, that hard yeah, drive to my hard I, drive. I know. I, I mean, I mean it, I'm trying to be charitable here, but let's face Yeah, it, I'm not. Know, I'm not going to be charitable yeah. because I think they got ripped off. I don't think yeah. there's – look, I, I didn't plug the machine in. He told them that the hard drive is bad. Well, chances are it's probably a power supply is what's bad. I'm yeah. sure the hard... I know for a fact the hard drive is fine. Yeah. So I, it, that just really ticks me off This that someone got taken advantage of that way. I don't like it. I think it's wrong. If you work for a big box reseller and these are the practices that your employers you know, encourage you to do, then find another job. You don't want to be there. Yeah. So anyways, that's, that's my secondary tech story today, David. Help, helping out old friends' parents. They got ripped Good stuff. Off. Yeah. You know, there's other things that we could have talked about. We could have talked about the whole uh, spy thing going on here in the United States. Uh, it's getting a lot of news. And, oh, by the way, in the U.K. as well, spying oh, on yeah. people at uh, the G8. And it's, wow. It's get, getting a lot of news here, too. <laughs> but I, I think that's a topic that deserves its own I show agree. rather than... Let's, let's see if we can get the head of uh, MI6 in. Uh, I'll get a hold of the FBI. Get a representative oh, well, I'm in. sure this um, Edward Snowden's probably up for a podcast. Well, He's you know. He's hotel room in Hong Kong with nothing to do. Yeah, if you want to reach out <laughs> to him, see if he'll come on and talk, I'll, I'll bring him on. Well, I, I, what I'll do is I'll just send an email out to anonymously to anywhere asking him to come on. He should get it. Yeah, he should get to him eventually. <laughs> Might take a couple hours, but. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about that in a future show. I think Owen would be a good one to have on here as well for that conversation. In the meantime, make sure you guys go to techfanpodcast.com. Uh, check out the other shows in the stoplightnetwork.com webpage. A lot of content. Look, you could subscribe to the Stoplight Network feed in iTunes. Just do a search for Stoplight Network. You'll find it. Uh, if you subscribe to that podcast feed, you've got pretty much, I'm going to say, an hour almost every day of content to listen to. That's how much content we're producing on a weekly basis at the stoplight network it's amazing it's exciting it's fun um i'm just really proud of all the uh the 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 other shows in the network they're they're doing such a great job and uh i love listening to podcasts myself so i'm I'm kind of biased there it's more content for me to enjoy (laughs) absolutely but yeah so anyways we're gonna wrap up the show david i'll see you next week um, possibly not actually next week I'm travelling back up from London in the afternoon so unless we can do it on Saturday or on Friday again. We, we could do it on Saturday if you like I don't think we've yeah. got anything planned that's when we're recording this one which is why it came out you know for most people a day later Yeah. Um, so yeah I'd, I'd rather kick it to Saturdays so we can uh, have you back on let's do that then cool see you guys later speak to them <laughs>